0: One. Big Fly.
1: That's right. It's time for Big Fly Radio Hour, ladies and gentlemen, from the burr Baseball Clubhouse in Greenwich Village, New York City, I'm your host, Chris Luckin, and we want to thank Jay Goldberg, the clubhouse manager, for letting us be here and show us and tell you our first stories. Let's give him a hand. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. You should come down here and check out the store. It's a beautiful place with some amazing baseball gifts and art. Hey, our first guest, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the mic our old friend, Rafael Badaliaka. Raf, come on up here. Thanks for Thank Raphael is the author of a book called The Yogi Poems and Other Celebrations of Local Baseball, and he's going to read a few pieces from it for us. Here we go. Raph, take it away.
2: According to Bartlett's quotations, he is very likely the most quoted living person in America, possibly in the world. But let's not forget that he also holds three MVPs. Bartlett's only MVP. Shakespeare shaped the language. Some say he invented it. Wilde and Shaw spun expressions of unrelenting wit. Whitman taught the mother tongue how to sing for us. Yeats scaled the beauty of her lonely peaks. Joyce uncovered something new, and so did Elliot. But unlike Yogi, none of them could hit. (laughs) If you have to pick the most perfect day in all of baseball, it would have to be the only perfect game in a World Series. And if you have to pick the most celebrated photo in all of baseball, it would have to be Yogi jumping into the arms of Don Larson, which is why I chose it for the cover of my book. Perfect. There is nothing as perfect as nothing. Not since the Babylonian invented it had nine instances of zero been put to better use. According to all accounts, it was a perfect day for baseball. The dawn of all the universe let go the spinning sphere, and for all eternity, Yogi caught it clear. When the ball bounced off of Carey into McDougal's hands, no one in the crowded stands could grasp the meaning of that play. But in the fifth, when Mantle made a running catch that saved the day, 64,519 suddenly became aware of nothing. Nothing brought them to their feet. Nothing made them gasp. Nothing made them bite their lips. Nothing kept them on the edges of their seats. As they tracked the movements of the ball, they dreamt a single dream of nothing at all. And this dream transformed them into witnesses. When the final pitch was thrown down through the years, ending two careers, umpire and batter would never see another, a monumental silence fell, as before an awesome work of nature. Then Yogi broke the spell. Timeless are the moments when perfection is achieved by imperfect men. Uh, Hold on a
1: second, Raphael. Just tell us a little bit about how this book came about.
2: Well, I was about to do that. Uh, You may wonder what personal event might have uh, sparked this interest in Yogi, the player, and the man. Well, here it is. Saint Yogi. There were five Roman Catholic churches within a mile of our new house in the suburbs, but we didn't know this in the first week of our arrival, only days before Christmas. I say new with hesitation, because the house was built in 1908, Snow was predicted. I moved the car to the end of the driveway. I didn't know if I would find a snow shovel in the garage, and by the time the weather bulletin appeared on television, it was already dark. We came from the city and owned nothing as useful as a flashlight. So even if I wanted to search the garage for a shovel, I wouldn't be able to see anything. It did snow the next morning, and it continued to snow for a few days, but lightly, just enough to reinforce the Christmas feeling. On Christmas morning, we entered the first church we found. During the Mass, when the priest exhorts the members of the congregation to give each other the sign of peace, I turned around to see our four-year-old son shaking the hand of Yogi Berra, Hall of Fame catcher, local hero, and source of endless good sense. That's how we chose our parish.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you you. very much. Thank you very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue with the program, all things baseball, here at the Big Fly Radio Hour, and we're going to continue uh, with a, uh, another uh, what we would call vintage poem. Uh, we'd like to bring up our friend uh, Brooklyn Brad. Brooklyn Bradshaw is the president of the Flemington Nazanok Baseball Club, and he's historian of the N A V B B L and the V B B A. That's Vintage Baseball Associations, and he's going to do us a rendition of Casey at the Bat. If you'd be so kind, sir.
3: This is a battle of the Republic, sung in the year 1888, or Casey at the Bat. (laughs) The outlook wasn't brilliant for the Mudville Nine that day. The score stood four to two, but one inning more to play. And then when Cooney died at first, and Barrows did the same, a sickly silence fell upon the patrons of the game. A straggling few got up to go in deep despair, the rest clung to the hope which springs eternal. "'in the human breast. "'They thought if only Casey could but get a whack at that, we put up even money now, with Casey at the bat. "'But Flynn preceded Casey, as did also Jimmy Blake, "'and the former was a Lulu, and the latter was a cake. "'So upon the stricken multitude grim melancholy sat, "'for there seemed but little chance of Casey's getting to the bat. "'But Flynn let drive a single to the wonderment of all, "'and Blake, The much despised Tore the cover off the ball And when the dust had lifted And the men saw what had occurred There was Jimmy, safe at second And Flynn, a huggin' third Then from five thousand throats and more There rose a lusty yell It rumbled through the valley It rattled in the dell It knocked upon the mountain And recoiled upon the flat For Casey, mighty Casey Was advancing to the bat There was ease in Casey's manner As he stepped into his place There was pride in Casey's bearing And a smile on Casey's face And when responding to the chairs He lightly doffed his hat No stranger in the crowd could doubt T'was Casey at the bat Ten thousand eyes were on him As he rubbed his hands with dirt Five thousand tongues applauded When he wiped them on his shirt Then while the writhing pitcher Ground the ball into his hip Defiance gleamed in Casey's eye A sneer Curled Casey's lip. And now the leather covered sphere came hurtling through the air, and Casey stood a watching it in haughty grandeur there. Close by the sturdy batsman, the ball that sped. That ain't my style, said Casey. Strike one, the umpire said. From the benches black with people, there went up a muffled roar, like the beating of the storm waves on a stern and distant shore. Kill him! Kill the umpire! shouted someone on the stand. And it's likely they'd have killed him had not Casey raised his hand. With a smile of Christian charity, Casey's visit shone. He stilled the rising tumult. He bade the game go on. He signaled to the pitcher around once more the spheroid flew. But Casey still ignored it. And the umpire said, Strike two. <laughs> Fraud cried the Madden Thousands. And Echo answered, Fraud But when scornful look from Casey and the audience was awed. They saw his face grow stern and cold. They saw his muscles strain, and they knew that Casey wouldn't let that ball go by again. The sneer is gone from Casey's lip. His teeth are clenched in hate. He pounds with cruel violence. His bat upon the plate, and now the pitcher holds the ball, and now he lets it go, and now the air is shattered by the force of Casey's blow. <laughs> Oh, somewhere in this favored land, the sun is shining bright. The band is playing somewhere, and somewhere hearts are light, And somewhere men are laughing, and somewhere children shout. But there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Casey has struck out. Aww.
1: Well done there. Well done, my good man. You. Uh, before you go, just uh, talk to us a little bit about the uh, Vintage Baseball Association. Um, what is your affiliation and how long have you been in the
3: league and what's it all about? The Vintage Baseball Association are a bunch of teams that have got together. We play 19th century baseball. What does that mean? 19th century baseball, we use the same equipment. The same, uh, the same uniforms, the same mannerisms, and especially the same rules as they did back in the 1860s and 1870s. I hear you use no gloves. We use no gloves. Oh, my goodness. We use no gloves. We are very manly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I have to say that I've caught the bug. I'm actually a member of the Hoboken Nine, and uh, you can visit our website uh, uh, and our Facebook page. You actually have one too for the Nashanox. Yes. And is there a website for you?
3: Yes. org.
1: All right. Well, our website is going to be listed on the uh, Facebook page uh, and also on the uh, the blog here that will be accompanying the broadcast. Uh, we're going to be talking to you a little bit later, Brad, uh, when you sing an old version of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Yes, I will. We look forward to that. Thank you so That's much. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> Well, we're going to continue today with uh, something that's kind of new. Uh, bringing you uh, again uh, many, many versions of different baseball stories. Uh, we have now uh, a reading from a screenplay called Bull. Now, Bull is a story of a real player from the Dead Ball Era, Bull Smith. And as a child, Bull Smith's great granddaughter, that happens to be my wife, Heather Smith Lutkin, was never was told to never mention Bull's name in the house. Why? Well, I guess he did something that wasn't appreciated by people. Well, we went to the Hall of Fame because we felt that uh, Bull Smith might have some sort of history that we needed to find out. And in the Hall of Fame, we found a folder that that told us that Bull Smith was friends of many great ballplayers, including Hans Wagner. And we wrote a story about it. We're going to do a scene from it right now. We have a couple of players up here that will be reading for us. Come on up here, gentlemen. Uh... This is a scene from Bull Smith. This starts, uh, we're going to set this up. Uh, Bull is about to break into his first uh, major league club, and this is uh, August 1904, the Pittsburgh Pirates Clubhouse. His bag's in hand. Bull walks through the locker room. Honus Wagner, early 30s, dresses by his locker. He notices the fresh-faced Bull. Cap's office is through them doors and to your left. Bull starts toward the door. Where'd they buy you from? Wheel we'll in Sir, West Virginia. Well now that's a fine town. Me and my brother played down there. Al Wagner? Taught me everything I know. Manager Fred Clark appears down the hall. Smith that you kid? Yes, sir. Well then get your ass over here. It's nice to meet you, mister Wagner. Call me Hans. Bull shakes home his hand. Thank you, Hans. Now we cut to the manager's office. Fred Clark sits at his desk, reads a report on Bull, who awkwardly stands in front of him. So, do you practice? Law. Do
4: you practice law? just got my degree, sir. Lawyers don't play baseball. <laughs> this one does. Ain't you any good at lawyering? I haven't really tried it. I'd rather play ball. Huh. Let's see. Lewis Oscar Smith. Bull.
1: Why'd they call you Bull? Well, I was a halfback at West Virginia. But playing baseball is what I want to do, Mr. Clark. Everything else? Lumber business? I'll give all that up to play ball. Lumber business? You in the lumber business? You
4: gotta make ends meet. Only lumber we have here is the bleachers, and the bench, and the bats.
1: Fred Clark looks up, shoots a steely look at bull. Maybe we make you our bat boy. Bull meets his stare.
4: i play center for you.
1: Fred looks back down at the report. I can hit. And Bull leans down on Fred's desk. And I can run looks up at Bull. Well, son, I'd love to see it. So, we cut the Exposition Baseball Park, Pittsburgh, 1904. Bull's first game. This young Bull's running hard. He's sliding aggressively into second base. The umpire, Silk O'Connor, makes the call. See? Oh, the crowd goes wild. We see Bull. Bull is diving for a hard-hit ball in right field. He scoops it out of the grass, comes up throwing, guns out a runner at third base. Out! The crowd is memorized by the young Bull there we are later. And now we see Bull standing firm in the batter's box. On the mound is pitcher Cy Young of the Boston Americans. Well, Cy has already pitched two no-hitters this year. Here he is. Cy winds up, throws a high fastball. See? Hmm, Bull shoots a deuce a proven look at Silk O'Connor there. Welcome to the big leagues, Bull. Oh, well, it looks like Bull's not quite ready for the next pitch. See? <gasps> yeah. another high fastball. Ooh, Bull steps out of the batter's box. He's glaring at Silk. Oh, it looks like Bull's determined to get a hit. He's going to step into the batter's box. He's digging his feet in. He takes a practice swing. There he is, sides winding up. It's a fastball down the middle. <laughs> bull crushes it into the left field corner. He's flying around the bases like a bat out of hell. He slides into the third base. Hit first. hands are going Bull, <laughs> bull, 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 The the crowd is deafening. Bull, Bull's bull. brushing himself off. He's tipping his cap. What a showman. Bull, bull. bull. Tarnation. Fred Clark and Honus Wagner watching amazement from the crowd. The dugout, the crowd chants. Tarnation. Incredible. He's a good player, Hans, but he's too damn
4: smart for his own good.
1: Oh, it looks like Fred is giving a a, a skeptical look to Bull. Well, what a Bull story. We'll be back after this message, and we are out. Music up. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen (laughs) the (laughs) from Wow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Come on in, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, um, as you notice, we have some live music in the house, and that is our house band, Lefty. Let's give them a hand for being here. Uh, Lefty is, uh, Lefty is a, uh, a Todd Montgomery with guitar and vocals. We have Todd Grapes on guitar, harmonic, and percussion, Dave Bergman flute, and Bridget Hayes is our percussion vocalist. Right now, they're going to do a song. That's uh, basically uh, an original song written by uh, Lefty's uh, Todd Montgomery. And it's in honor of uh, Morty Gilbert. It's uh, part of a song called, uh, from a movie called The Regulars uh, that you can find a little bit more about at uh, www.theregularsdocumentary.com. Uh, right now we're going to play the song and then we'll talk a little bit about it. Are you ready? Hit it, ladies and gentlemen. We Yeah, very right. nice. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, Todd, you I just want to bring Todd Montgomery up here for a second. Come on over here for me, sir, and, and just tell me a little bit about the inspiration of that film. I mean, with some, uh, song. some of us know Morty and some of us don't. Describe him for us, if you will. Yeah, there's
5: a guy, Morty Gilbert. Uh, he literally has been playing uh, uh, on the Heckshire Fields in Central Park since 1945 when he was 14 years old. <laughs> and he still has the permit on field two that <laughs> he's had for uh, 40 years or so. We've all played for him, and literally, like the song says, when I was a kid, I was, he let me play. I had to catch because it was considered the safest position back then. No mask, <laughs> no... Like like the safest place to put a kid. And I got, I got slid into, you know, it was a tight, you know, toughen me up. Mm-hmm. But now he, he doesn't pitch anymore, but he bats in every game and he just he swings the bat and somebody stands behind him and as soon as he hits it you run so for a long time guess i i'm not all that fast i didn't get to run for him but it's one of the things that, I, <laughs> that you like look forward to in your life it's like one day i get to run for morty so i like probably 100 maybe 200 people in the park has run for morty now that's what the song is about
1: that's awesome thank you so much this is also part of the documentary as I mentioned by Diana Gross who's a yes. friend of us all um, she'll be listening to this podcast and I know that she's interested in uh uh, just uh, the, the, the idea of the web of the game that uh, Morty always uh, exemplified
5: yeah he always, it's always a cool game we always play as friends if we have arguments are like three seconds long and it's like you know. and, and forgotten it's a beautiful yeah. thing if
1: anybody ever wants to come down and play I think it's an open game and going on for a hundred years it'll we'll go on for a hundred we'll on more If that's correct? yes alright thank you Todd thank, thank, you, much. thank you so much thank <laughs> you right you right, right, right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm really excited to bring up our next two guests. Um, this is uh, a, a first for me to be able to, be, uh, to meet the, uh, one of these gentlemen, one of them I'm working with. Um, as you guys come on up, I'll introduce you to. Um, first of all, uh, I want to introduce you to uh, our friend uh, uh, Jack Mulcahy. Uh, Jack also just read a scene from Bull. But Jack is the epitome of the working New York actor with over 80 stage and screen and television credits. He started in a, a wide array of feature films from the award-winning and critically acclaimed Brothers McMullen all the way to the box office uh, smash of Porky's, which we all remember. Uh, right now, Jack has several films set to release, uh, including Stuck in the Middle, and Reunion 108, which is uh, a baseball comedy that's certain to ruffle the feathers of baseball's establishment. And with that, we're very, very happy to bring up to the stage Mr. Billy Sample. Mr. Leslie <laughs> Sample is a former baseball, a professional baseball player who played in the major leagues. Primarily, is now filled with our lovely and wonderful Yankees, who we all love. But he was also with the uh, Texas Rangers and Atlanta Braves, and he's also an actor and a screenwriter. And his new movie, Reunion One Hundred Eight, based on many of his own experiences in the base- in baseball, uh, comical and otherwise, uh, will actually have his first showing at the Yogi Bear Museum in Mont- Montclair, New Jersey, on April eighth. So please check that out. Go to reunion108.com. Check out the Facebook page also. And make reservations to go see this film at the Yogi Museum in New Jersey. It's a great venue, and it's a wonderful place to see the film. And I think I might be able to get there myself. Right now, I'm going to ask Jack to uh, take over my spot and be a host and ask Mr. Sample some questions about their movie making. If you'd be so kind, Jack, please.
4: <laughs> thank you, Chris. A wonderful hand for Chris, please. And <laughs> take over this wonderful place for Baseball Club. Well, Billy and I, we spent uh, an awful lot of time together shooting this film. I had uh, an amazing time, so just to get the ball rolling, what was the
6: the inspiration for writing it? Well, I have some writing background. I've had articles published in Sports Illustrated and the New York Times and... Uh, the National Sports Daily, if anybody remembers that, and Baseball Weekly. So I, I, I like the the avenue of uh, of writing, mm-hmm. uh, that expression I really enjoy. I tell one of my friends, Paul Hagen, who's going in this year in the Baseball Hall of Fame as a writer of a J.Z. Taylor Spink Award winner, uh, that I ascribe to be a scribe. So I don't <laughs> know if that's quite right, but it's close enough. So I, I, I wrote it based on a lot of the things I had seen. I thought it would be interesting. Uh, it gives people a sort of a fly-on-the-wall feeling in the clubhouse. And as you know, half the film takes place in the clubhouse. Probably calling it a baseball film is a little misleading. It's a, <laughs> it's a film, it's a comedy, it's an edgy, satirical comedy with a baseball backdrop is probably the best way to put it. And uh, I'm very fortunate to have some talented actors as yourself in it. Uh, it's great because the audition part was just, we, we auditioned about 215 actors here uh, for roughly about oh, 75 parts. Did a little auditioning in Virginia where I grew up in my hometown of, of Salem, Virginia. and um, But you just have great actors here, just yeah. looking to work. It's just, I mean, working actors. Working, <laughs> actors, <laughs> working, <laughs> work to work. working actors, yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that was really difficult, and I was on a baseball film a while ago, Joe Torrey Curveballs Along the Way, it was a Showtime film. And it's so hard to get actors who can replicate baseball players. Right? Probably because throwing a baseball is so specific to to that sport, you have to rotate the shoulder, you have to get on top, you have to throw or else you're going to throw down from the side. And if you if you can't do that, then it doesn't. You're not selling the part that somebody's a pitcher or somebody's a third baseman. And I was lucky to have you, who really know what you're doing, uh, James Bristow, uh, Tavis O'Keefe. Um, just a grace, grace. Uh, mm-hmm. all of them are fine Gay baseball and players. Yeah. yeah, and Gabriel Hernandez, mm-hmm. who played yeah. in baseball at Jacksonville, it's played University. with many of us too. And all oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, sure. And now I know that you play yeah. in, the, in the parks in, in mm-hmm. Central Park in that league. But you look really good. I mean, I'm not saying it's because <laughs> you're just here tonight, but I mean, you, you swung a bat. It looked like Larry Walker or, or Al <laughs> Olive or somebody else. Like, yeah. like, uh, yeah, you know, like, like. Yeah, <laughs> in I mean, I saw it, 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 And I'm a scout, so yeah. I can tell yeah. just by just a couple of swings, like, oh, man, he's good. I better than it's really going to sell that. We cut that. But anyway. <laughs> First time here. Yeah. But I was wondering, what's the, what's your background? You must have some kind Yeah, you know, Pop background. Warner
4: all the way through high school and. And then uh, college ball, as I was uh, explained to our Casey at the Batman, uh, we, we both went to Stuyvesant High School. We had a great baseball team there. And then did I played, you play other uh, sports? I did play other sports. I played hoops and I played uh, football. Yeah. So, yeah. All my other, and I'm still very active in the, uh, in
6: the softball. No, it practice. looks good. Yeah, so. And yeah. I'm healthy enough with my own sexuality. <laughs> <technology. laughs>
0: <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with <laughs> I, I, right. right.
4: <laughs> I think that's in the script somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great points uh, that we brought up in the film itself was the relationship between the ball players and the media and the journalists and how they have somehow injected themselves into the story now. And, you know, back in the 50s and 60s when, you know, salaries were on par, they kind of palled around with the ballplayers. Right, right. And they kind of covered up for them, you know, and, and covered up their peccadillos. I was, I nowadays, Sports writer's drinks. Yes, yeah, it's nowadays it's so disjointed, the, the amount of money that the players make, that the Reporters would like to make themselves part of the story, and we we show that very, very well in the in
6: the film. Did you ever have any experiences with that? I I'm part of a group called the Rookie of the Rift excuse me, rookie career development program, which is an orientation program for younger players. I was there for 15 years because we were trying to keep these kids from making all the mistakes that that I made, and uh, (laughs) so I I stayed relevant. But one of the things I tell my group, individual group, is that if you go through 10 years playing in the major leagues and only get burned seven or eight times, you're lucky. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they're just out to get you. Yeah, just out to get you. Or maybe their editor says, look, we need to ratchet up a story out of this, so go find some dirt. And I've heard people told that just right. to just to go find some dirt. So if, so you you have different goals. As as a player, I might want to give you as much truth as I can. But as a journalist, you may be in a situation where you you've got to dig up some.
4: Yeah, because you were on the other coin, on the other side of the coin for yeah. ESPN, weren't you? Yeah. Did you yeah. ever feel the need that you had to?
6: Like, no, I got in trouble with the producers because I wouldn't do it. I see. Right, so that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I keep going from job to job <laughs> because I, I take a stand somewhere. But uh, that's a good point because, and we do bring that out. In mm-hmm. fact, Bill Madden from the Daily News is going to be at the at the screening, so he ought to get a real eyeful because yeah. it, it's. Um, we'll just see just how uh, sensitive they are because. <laughs> <laughs> as, yeah. as you know, we, we had a good scene. And then Jack has, yeah. I mean, he has about three or four scenes that are just, uh, uh, in that scene, how about the one with the, um, where we talk about being a role model? Yes, and, that's, and that's exactly like right. And whole, yeah, a nice how did you learn all
4: those lines? I don't well, first I know of that. all, I, I had a scene leading into that, yeah. and then you had given a chunk of the part of that monologue to tie uh, to uh, Tadashi, who's yeah. a Japanese player, and you know, we t- we filmed part of this thing, and his Japanese accent was so thick that at, a, at one point, the director says, Jack, could you take over this monologue? And I was like, "Going well, it's the end of the day. We've been shooting for 12 hours. I said, I will do it first thing in the morning. We'll let the pro you do want. it.
6: We'll let the pro do it.
4: And, you know, and I took it over, and it actually matched. When you see the film, you'll see how it matches because I really get into their asses you know, about what they've been trying to pull, and then the monologue just sets it off. To the point where you know, I say like you would love
6: the Pope because he has a great arm yeah, and right feel. I was wondering, you know? so <laughs> are you Catholic? I am Catholic. Okay, and I'm, because it wasn't written, and I let everybody ad lib as much as they, they yeah. could, uh, and which was but great. It was like the minister, and you you took it, and I thought, well, maybe he is Catholic, but you, you took it, and I wonder if you internalized that a little bit. Well, the, I'm as lapsed
4: that. as they get in terms of being <laughs> Catholic. So, but there's there's another thing in the film that we really touched on, and that was changing names of teams to be politically correct. You know, like the, Ra- the St. John's, you know, red, uh, they used to be the, the Redmen. Mm-hmm. Now they're the Red Storm, the red and, Storm. Mm-hmm. and what have you. The Bullets became the Wizards. And, uh, but now in the Oregon, team, no high school teams. Yes, exactly. And, uh, but the pro teams, the Indians aren't going to change. The Redskins aren't going to change, which we touch
6: upon yeah. in the film. Because the, the Redskins aren't is much more of a slur, than a racial it's, slur, it, yeah, than, it is, than Braves exactly. or Indians. Yeah, yeah so that's so what we, we touched it. upon.
3: Which is a very funny scene.
6: Well, yeah, and and we've done it before. We've done it where we've we've brought this to light before. But I, I tried to do it in a way that was a little different, and maybe would just uh, like put a little lemon under some people to make you just just feel just a little uncomfortable about it. And I, I think we pulled it off. I, I, Including I think, the Queen yeah. of
0: England. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
6: love putting music under that. Uh, under that. You didn't God save the, the Queen. God save the Queen. So I have
4: played a queen on film. Yeah. So. Yeah.
6: <laughs> but let me go back to you again because uh, you've had such an interesting career. And when I tell somebody, "Okay, we had Jack Mulcahy and, and, and they'll immediately go to Brothers McMullen, mm-hmm. I, I almost feel as though you're a, like a cult figure, or you have a cult following. Maybe that's the best way of putting it. And not only that, but 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 when you played Charlotte's brother mm-hmm. and, and Sex in the City and, yeah. and before that in Porky's, yeah. it is what it well, is. Well, well, if you know, if a woman
4: asks me, "What have you been in?" That I might see. I will say Sex in the City. <laughs> If it's an older gentleman, I'll say Porky's, they'll know it immediately. <laughs> if it's a hip, you know, critical crowd, I'll say Brothers McMullen, you know. But, you know, it's like being a New York actor. It's, it's nice walking down the street. People recognize you, but they think that they know you, which is wonderful. It's like I haven't reached any, like, tremendous stardom, but I'm a recognizable face, and people that go, like, oh, yeah, I know the guy. I think I drank with him the other day, you know, so it's like one Would of those you ever things. leave New York to go to I have, permanently? Oh, I have, yeah. I, sp- I spent two and a half years out in Los Angeles. I booked five movies while I was there, and they were all shot back in New York. So, (laughs) you know, that's just (laughs) and that was that was pretty much the sign to come back and stay back.
6: Now, is there something that you look forward to now, and has it changed as you've gotten younger? Producing, oh, producing, and um, there's
4: creativity to production, and we're going to be producing Bull, which is a wonderful baseball film, and uh, it it, for all the years that I've been in the business, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We do have a part, don't we, Chris? We do. Say yes. Say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until he leaves, and he'll we, never ask again. That's how, we That's how we So I got, I got one last question for you, and this is from Chris, and I, I thought it was really funny. He says, um, "For all those years that you spent in the outfield in those hot summer Texas, Texas days, days yeah. and, and in Atlanta, which is not much, you know, it's a different kind of heat. heat yeah? time, yeah. Yeah. Were you sitting up there?" thinking one of these days I'm going to write the quintessential baseball movie
0: no
6: I I, I wasn't uh, thinking that and I had written a little bit when I played and had a a minute long capsule of the game after the game uh, Mm -hmm. for a year but I never did think about I, I think what happens Jack is that in, in baseball particularly, you're, you're bringing in all the stimuli as you can because you're trying to interact in a way that's most profitable for you and your team. Yeah. So you just observe a lot. Of, you know, your peripheral is behind your head, and you just observe everything, and, and and at some point later on in life, you start pulling stuff out. Yeah. And, and I think that was a little bit of what I did. Just yeah. started mm-hmm. pulling some stuff out. So osmosis, out. and it came back yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, It's like, oh, yeah. man, yeah, and
4: then somebody says something, and it reminds you of another thing, and...
6: I know. Mm-hmm. I already mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. enough information now and, and, and material for uh, two sequels. Just, <laughs> just, just, just. Uh, Am I in? the story. Yeah. Uh, we start <laughs> off with Jack's funeral.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the big chill. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Hey guys. We have a little bit of time. A little bit of time left. I was wondering, Billy, would you mind? if uh, Did you have another question? I did have. Please go. I have a first and last. Go Sorry. for it. Okay. Yes. First so, hit. we has a question. Maybe we can ask Billy because a few minutes. Oh, no, I don't know. First
6: that. hit off of who and where? Jerry Augustine, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. In uh, Milwaukee? In Milwaukee. Uh-huh. I, uh, Rich Donnelly, the AAA coach, uh, told me that I was going up maybe three games left into the AAA season. I said thank you. With so, the Rangers. With the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, thank you. Mm-hmm. We were in Tucson. So I left Tucson, flew to Phoenix, Phoenix, Chicago, Chicago, Milwaukee. By the time you drag <laughs> dragging into the clubhouse, you're like this. I walk by and see that I'm in the lineup, and I'm, I'm leading off. And I didn't think I was going to play immediately, but okay, that was just fine. But they had me playing second base. And to this day, I have the second, I have the, I still have this, let me try to, yeah, no, no, no. I have the Texas League record for most errors by second base. <laughs> yeah. A yeah, yeah, one game, yeah, that was only two thirds of the season. It back <laughs> to the outfield after that. Was it a base hit? Uh, a single? It was a single. It was the first. Well, actually, what happened was I was leading off, and I didn't even have an infielder's glove. Uh, and yeah. I, I, I said, this Billy Hunter? Yeah. yeah, I said, "Does Billy Hunter know that I no longer?" I'm an infielder. (laughs) And he told me maybe five minutes before the game that they felt that Bump Wills, the the incumbent second baseman, Bump's a tremendous player. A switch hitter was struggling a little bit from his right side, so they wanted to give him one less at bat. So sure enough, I'm in the batter's box, first pitch... I swing single right center off a diving six total Lescano how about that for a nice? Base. and then I'm first base and I got this Cheshire Caddy Negrin like Oh and yeah. I can't stop There here comes a month of pinch run for me They <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what Bob Uecker thought because he was a broadcaster for the Brewers you man. what did you pull a muscle in his way from home to first <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, last hit and where oh jeez do you know, I don't remember my last... Year. I remember I went 0-3 my last game mm-hmm. in Houston, but I don't remember what the last... Was that your final, was. Series so was his final, final series? That oh, was my final series, yeah. And I, I don't... It was when so you against were Against Bob... Yeah, the Braves, and it was uh, against Bob Nepper. but I don't remember... A pre- I remember our first home run, it was against Larry Sorensen, and, and he gets tired of me telling people yeah, it was yeah. against him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good you know, pitcher, sinker, so yeah. Funny. Larry had some good years. And... Um, but thank you, thank you for allowing me to reminisce on yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't ask me any other first. Later. I have a, yeah. a
1: question for you actually, because we had Raphael talking about Yogi, and you played for Yogi at the Yankees. So if you could just tell <laughs> uh, you, know? yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, you doing, little fella. That's the best. Yeah, that's best I can do. How again, was it, you, was how are it, you was doing, little fella? Yogi, taller than you. Was he everything that we know? Him to yeah. Any special story that you remember offhand? Just
6: that he was the greatest. Uh, well, when he was fired. And you, you sensed that things were going around. And and uh, we were in Chicago, and I guess i had already told Billy Martin that he was coming back for whatever tenure it was for Billy. And, and players had a reaction to it. And I remember a trash can went by me somewhere. And some <laughs> player got a <laughs> little upset about it. And then and Billy hired Willie Horton. And Willie Horton's as strong as an ox. I mean, they mm-hmm. disqualified him from an amateur boxing title he won in, in Detroit one time because he was uh, too young. And so he, <laughs> but I mean, just really good. So they hired uh, Willie Horton as the tranquility coach. Because they, they, they had to make sure that Don Baylor wouldn't jump on Billy Martin. So that it's done. I mean, allegedly so. Yeah, that allegedly. allegedly. Yeah, they're two strong people. yeah.
1: Uh, Listen, uh, again,
6: we have a few more minutes. I was wondering if anyone might have a question for Mr. Sample. Anyone have something that you might be able to ask about the movie? Yes. Can you fix the Mets? Oh, you've got good young pitching. I'm positive with anybody's team. Good young pitching. My goodness. Yeah, you can sort of slant the good young pitching. You have to fix (laughs) that. Sandy Olson has a resume, a track record. You're on your own.
1: Anybody else have another question? You
6: were lucky to win in 1986. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 yes,
1: When, yes, when sir. you were uh, just coming
0: up?
5: Did anybody take you under their wing? Anybody give you a good lesson
6: about? Uh, well, we had some some nice veteran players when I came up. Fergie Jenkins. Um, mm-hmm. I got Sparky Lyle a little bit later when he was traded from the Yankees to the Rangers. Um, Oscar Gamble had him a little bit. Um, Al Oliver Buddy Bell they were all good to the young players and we had a number of young players coming up at the same time as I did Nelson Norman um, uh, Dave Rasich uh, Pat Putnam Uh, we had a few others that aren't coming to mind right now but we had some good young players coming up and it was nice because they didn't have to treat us as well as they did but everybody's it was like there's, there's not rookie on your bat when you're going to the plate so we're all in it together although uh, the media kept calling me rookie that though I thought it was my first name my first name <laughs> rookie, coach, rookie Billy Sam <laughs> hello yeah, you know, well, you know, rookie Billy Sam rookie Billy Sam on whoa well, well, I thought my middle name hey
1: was. listen uh, yes we got one more thing. so is playing the stadium really different
6: Yankee Stadium yeah. Yeah. Yankee Stadium Yankee Stadium <laughs> Did I feel the ghost of Funny. DiMaggio that, out there? Is, it, uh, is that
2: just a fan's idea, or is that... Sort no, of well,
6: I think Billy Crystal describes it. When you're coming through that opening, and you see the wide expanse, and it's just breathtaking, mm-hmm. I think there is I, there is something to that, I think. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I, I think you get sort of, I don't know, people are different. I'm, I'm probably not as impressionable as some of the other people, but I, I think there is something to that Being in a very select profession, like you folks, are in a very select profession, and there's there's a certain specialness to it. I
1: think. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Thank you, thank you, thank Uh, you, Mr. Mulcahy. uh, Reunion One Hundred Eight is a full-length comedy feature film that promises to be a no holds bar behind-the-scenes, in-your-face look in the world of professional baseball. Visit the site at www.reunion108.com. Thank you very much. All, All right, guys.
0: guys.
1: <laughs> hey. Guys. <laughs> guys, we're going to continue and uh, we're going to uh, finish up our, uh, our first big-fly baseball broadcast with our friend uh, Brooklyn Brad. He's going to come on back up here. And he's going to uh, lead us in a rendition of uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which uh, is actually the 1908 version, which was written by Jack Norwith after seeing a subway ad for the New York Giants. Uh, the music was by a gentleman by Al- named Albert Von Tilzer, and uh, incidentally, neither had ever been to a baseball game before they wrote this. Are we ready, sir? And take it away.
3: Katie Casey was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad, just too rude for the hometown crew, every Sioux, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see a show, but Miss Kate said, No, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the game, Take me
0: out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I ever get back when it's root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame for it's one, two, three strikes you're right at the old ball game. Thank you ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much everybody. This is the webinar podcast. Thank you very
1: much of Borgino Baseball Clubhouse, and uh, we'll see you next time. That's our Big Fly house band, Lefty. Let's give them another hand. Thank you so much. And that's it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. We are over and out. Thanks again. We'll see you next time at the Big Fly Baseball Radio Hour.
0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We're out.